marvel you Why you look so pretty the morning so handsome What a beautiful one you are Hey big boo Hey big girl I'm glad to see you today Big hugger from the Michael David and the man who do you The kisses So are you ready to lose a track of time? To lose another little bit? To get some peace of the mind? No! This is not going to happen on my watch. <coughs> it's a joke. It's a punny. Everybody laugh. <laughs> We're not going to do it. I'm going to remind you of your problems. Keep you right in the anxiety. I have an anxiety attack. And then you're going to do the die. Welcome, everybody, to episode 115. Because it was not good enough to make the episode two, but what the what the bad enough to make the episode one again is it's a little middle ground. But I want to be on the video to give you the the big kiss so that you can say hello to me all of the time. On the show, we want to let let you know that we are actually responsible by a Reiki. You know the the Reiki, the one with the tick. Oh, uh, and the return ID. I'm going to just quickly take a sip of the return ID. Mmm, -hmm. return ID is so, so, so delicious. But I don't understand what they're still doing here because I'm still going to talk, uh, touch a talk about your mother and your father and your embedded or primary because you know that you marry your brother and your sister. I know it's a true one. Oh, they still write the emotional abuse or they stick around the show about to do the study. All oh, the big kisses for you. Welcome to the Mario David and Norman Show. Everybody, I love you, big boy, bigger girl, bigger kisses. Bye. just this show opening and show starting uh if i seem a little bit distracted today guys it is because i am in a slightly new setup but you're like wait this is the first episode i've seen i've tried to make this video at least 22 times <laughs> um so as we go to the show i hope you guys bear with me that um we are going to have maybe one or two technical difficulties Maybe trying to just go through the round, so if it's not as fluid and as dynamic as some of your other podcast hosts, don't worry. We will get there. Maybe not today or in a year or in five years. But one day, we might not, might get there. <laughs> all right, okay. Um, you guys know that you can follow us on all the major platforms. Please like, share, and subscribe, comment below, all the good stuff. We would love to be your podcast of choice. Today on the podcast, I want to talk about Martin Lawrence and Will Smith. And now I know a lot of people do it or say it the other way. Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, especially the fact that Will Smith actually produced The Last Bad Boys and is typically the biggest star. I don't know about that though. I think I think they're quite even, and I think that's why the dynamic works. Even though maybe Martin is not as entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial. How how, how do I mess up that word? Entrepreneurial as Will Smith is. Uh, but I went and saw Bad Boys for Life. What an absolute epic film. 
I don't I don't want to um I don't want to hype it up. And I know a lot of people have already done reviews on this. And like, this is not a review. This is just me expressing how much the franchise industry movie, the the chemistry between the two of them means to me. When I went to see this, uh, I didn't actually realize how badly I wanted another Bad Boys. Now, I knew that I love Bad Boys 1, love Bad Boys 2, and they were some of the best films I have ever seen in my life. But I didn't know why. I didn't know that I actually needed another one. So I got a little bit hype knowing that this movie was going to come out. But I didn't think I'd be as hype. As I sat into the chair. Boom. Sat back into the cinema chair. I was like, wait a second. This is about to happen. I'm about to watch Bad Boys and Martin Lawrence and Mike Lowry. Damn, Mark. I was about to see this again. And I absolutely got like. Not like goosebumps, but like, like you know, revved up, like ready for this movie to begin, and it it's it's such a beautiful feeling to know that uh, I'm about to get excited for someone's work and effort that they've put in and the chemistry that goes around with all of this stuff, and and just it just it just blew me away. If you haven't seen it, I would suggest go and see it. It's a pretty good movie. If you haven't, what I'll do is I'll throw up a Bing, time cue, just in case you don't want me to spoil anything, or uh, if I that's if I do spoil it. Like, do I remember quotes? Kinda, not really though. <laughs> I'd have to watch it a couple more times. Um, but yeah, one thing I really want to talk about is the dynamic, the um, the chemistry. I think that's the better word. Yeah, the the chemistry between Martin Lawrence and Will Smith. It's absolutely phenomenally awesome these guys are able to these guys are able to bring something to cinema uh chem, like characters cinema characters characters in movies okay yeah, that just make it seem more than real like more than captivating like i genuinely believe that that's their life outside of the movie that's how awesome i think it is to to uh see these guys on screen it's 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 it's, it's amazing i love the way they interact with each other just the like some of the scenes i clearly know of like when when um uh mike lowry is driving around in the portion he's like this be holds better than the petmobile like I, and then mike's like get me that uh, like those scenes, I know the exaggerations. I know they're not real in life, but the scenes where you see, for example, at the end of that car, um, uh, not chase, that's a, but a car driving fast scene, they get to the hospital, and then uh, Martin, um, I'm saying Martin Lawrence, um, detective, uh, what's his name? I think I think it is name. But Martin Lawrence is holding the baby. He's uh, Reggie, Reggie, and, and he's not his baby. That's actually a epic part in it. Uh, so he's holding the baby, right? And he's just looking at Mike and Mike's looking at him like, hell no, no. And I just, I was like, you know what? This is those real moments in the movie that are not over-exaggerated, but just grounded parts that sell you into the characters that they are playing. And that absolutely sold me completely. I love that. 
and that's what I mean by I believe that they are them even after the movie kind of a thing. You know, that's the beauty of a perfectly written script. And when I say perfectly written script, is it's written catered just to their personalities and the way that they are able to handle that character. Perhaps not their personalities, but the way they're able to handle the character. I like I like saying that uh, uh, more because obviously they different to the characters, but those characters are so close to their personalities. I think it's almost indistinguishable uh, for like maybe the average fan out there. Um, there's a lot of things I loved about the movie. The story, I want to tell you, okay, let's talk about the story just real quickly, uh, which I thought was about an eight. I, I didn't like the, oh my god, uh, the spoiler alert, spoiler alert, I didn't like the fact that Mike has a son. And I'll tell you why. It's it's like, I don't know, I could just see it happening as, as a couple of things just built up in the story. I was like, oh, I hope this is not his son. But I'll tell you this much. They at least saved it. The cheesiness of that, the predictability of that, they at least saved it. Which is awesome. Because if you're going to put something cheesy in a movie, boy meets girl, girl, whatever, that kind of cheesiness, uh, uh, predictable sort of um, over and over again, we've seen it. Save it with something good at least. He didn't know it was his father too. I love that twist in it. And maybe you guys are like, oh, come on, that's a common twist. No, he was lied to as well. I like that about it. That was an epic dynamic between uh, the cheesy story and, whoa, okay, wait. Actually, he doesn't know this. I thought he knew this was his father. There's so many times they referred about, okay, he was lied to. They saved it. So I give this story 8 out of 10 because there was a couple of things I was not 100% happy with. But it was a good story. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I think by far Bad Boys 1 best story, Bad Boys 2 second best story, and Bad Boys 3 third best story. But, but, but I'll say this. I will say this. Bad Boys 3 I can see being more quotable than 1 and 2 put together. Just the amount of things that they had in there was absolutely epic. And this comes from, as I said previously, the good writing. The comedic writing and timing in this film was spot on. It's almost as if they brought in just a guy for one-liners. Just a guy for one-liners. Like, when uh, after a couple of scenes, uh, Martin goes like, We're just gonna knock, and we're just gonna talk, Mike. Nothing more, we're just gonna knock and talk, Mike. Sorry if the accent's not perfect, but I'm just trying to get like a little bit into it. And Mike's like, no, man. I, get, I, I got you, I got you. Knock and knock, knock. Okay, cool. And then he kicks the door down. Oh, so sorry, just before, the, just before that happens, as they're walking up to the door, he's like, we're good men now. It's no more bad. Bad boy's life is over. We're good men now. It's like, who the hell wants to sing that song? Good man, good man. What you gonna do? It's like, well, if you say it like that, Mike, if you say it like that. <laughs> I was just thought that was epically quotable. Is this, uh, this, that this Porsche holds better than the Batmobile, this beer holds better than the Batmobile. Absolute epic quotes in this movie. I think we can have a lot of fun. Um, I don't like the cost. I like I like the secondary, I like the, what do you call it, the supporting cost. Why did I make quotation marks? Not sure. Because I don't even know. I, maybe I made it because I don't feel like they should be supporting costs. But I also like them. I didn't hate them. Vanessa Hudgens, awesome. She's a really good star. Really good star. The... Bigger guy, don't know his name, the tank, the really big, big the turkey one. I like him. 
I love his, I love the energy he brings to it. It's a character. It really is a character, sensitive, uh, but violent, and also kick ass when he needs to be. It's almost like, um, like a, like how Terry Crews at times in in Brooklyn Nine Nine. If you watch Brooklyn Nine Nine, I think you'll like. I, I understand his character a little bit more. Nice, epic cast, uh, epic supporting cast as well. Um, uh, but I just don't like where the franchise could be going. If they decide to continue making these movies, I wouldn't want them to be at the helm of the movies. I, I still want Martin and Mike. Otherwise, don't make the movie. I keep saying Martin, Marcus and Mike. I'm like, apologies to all of the hardcore fans out there. And I think I'm a little bit of a hardcore fan, but I keep making that mistake and I can't correct it now. I'm under pressure, pushing down on me, pushing down on me. Okay. No singing, Mike. You know you don't do that, dude. You know you don't do that. <laughs> um, another thing that comes to, that sticks out in my mind, that gives this movie an absolute 10. Okay, not an absolute 10, like a 9.998, but like, round it up, it's a 10, okay? Is the cinematography. Uh, I believe it was, um, what's the director's name? The director's name is Bilal, Bilal, and Adil, Bilal and Adil, that's their first names, I think, I think, uh, check it out on Google, uh, Google that, uh, hey Google, who, who made this, who made that, whatever, um, the directors, uh, and there's actually a little, little bit of a story there, uh, the directors have not met Michael Bay, now, in case you guys don't know, Michael Bay is the director of Bad Boys 1 and Bad Boys 2. It was one of Michael Bay's passion projects. It was his baby. He didn't really have anything to gain or, uh, or get from it, but this is his project. So, scheduling uh, and um, uh, calendars and things couldn't work out. He had to give the project away to these guys. On the day that they were starting to film and to start directing this this uh, this big project, it's big. It's Bad Boys is cult movie now almost. It's like it's like hardcore. Michael Bay showed up, and they had never met Michael Bay ever. Like they haven't seen him in any of the talks or anything so far. So anyway, Michael Bay gives them some advice, and the and the advice he gave them was very simple. He says, "Don't." up my baby and that was all he said I, I love that I love that I love that story because it it almost like I'm literally standing on my on the chair right now uh, I'm haunching on the chair because it almost it's like it's like it's like just being a frank direct um, with them and being like let me tell you something I've put a lot in this. I cannot afford for you guys to lose it. And I love that he, he didn't question their ability. He didn't put, he, he put the fear of God in them by saying, don't mess up my baby. But didn't question their ability to make it. I love that. I love that. that uh, it's like, a, like, I'd like that as well. I would like that pressure because I think I thrive under pressure a little bit. But I would love the, don't question me now. Don't ask me every five seconds, oh, did you do this? Did you do that? Are you sure you want to go in this direction with it? Is that how you want to set up the shot? Don't do that. Now, getting into the cinematography and how these guys 
planned and executed on the directing task. Take notes, everybody. Take notes. This is how you shoot a film. The blocking, which is basically a continuous shot. The pans. Um, one of the best scenes was in, in terms of pan uh, transitions was um was um it, it was switching between michael and martin uh that was a good thing even a better scene after this switching between michael and martin as martin's a spoiler alert again as martin's retired and he's getting ready mike's about to hit the gear shift in his car he hits the gear shift for his lazy boy it was the simple things that they've done extremely well as they pan to the left Something comes in from the right, filled all oh, stunning, clean. Now I know you're saying, oh, but you have a hundred million dollar budget. That's the way it's meant to be, Michael. No. Directors with millions get that wrong every single time, all day, every day. Alright? You with a cheap budget can also get that done. Easily. You just gotta take your time and make sure that you think about your shots, plan your shots. Understand the software you're going to use and say, okay, wait, if I do this, this is going to happen. It's amazing. I'm telling you. Um, it just uh, the slow motion shot. Like, and I know uh, you're going to say again, there's more money. The slow motion shots that they shot. I don't care how much money you have. You can't make those shots. You can't make those shots happen if you don't know what you're doing. How they follow the person, follow the follow. It's, it's genius, guys. It's genius. All in all, I love the cinematography, the aerial shots, the time lapses. It was just perfectly done. There was a couple of times where um, there wasn't really good lighting conditions. And I was just relying on... I'm not sure what camera they used, but it looks like an Aria Alexa or Red. Uh, I could be wrong about that, but I'm just saying on what the picture felt like to me. Mm, and the shot wasn't the shot wasn't perfectly lit. Uh, like, okay, I'll I'll give you a good example where um, Mike and and Marcus were on the um, on the bike trike on the tricycle thingy. It's got it's the tandem tandem. Uh, I don't know what it's called. Uh, the it's a little seat compartment next to the motorbike thingy i'll find the name for it one day and they were going through one of the explosions in the fire and as the camera came through i was like i was like ah you had the perfect opportunity to you know what go into a, a green room or go into a thing and recreate that part if you need to cgi them in because it wasn't as good as it could have been but it was good enough this was only literally three seconds, not even three seconds, one and a half seconds of the film. But it's just those type of things I want them to do better. Another part where they came down and some glass broke, the, uh, the light just wasn't good enough on it. Small things just made the cinematography not work for me. But overall, stunning, epic. The time lapse is done so perfectly. I really, really enjoyed it. I, I, I was genuinely excited after seeing two or three scenes. I was like, this is like, can they keep this up, though? Because there's only so many ideas you can have in a movie. Guys, guys, listen to me. Angle, sorry. And non-binary 2J FPS 321S RBG. This is a color. It's red, green, blue. Listen to me. 
there are only so many ideas you can have. And they managed to fill it up with great, unique ideas that if you love cinematography, you love it. It's just like uh, watching soccer. When Cristiano Ronaldo and Leon Messi uh, uh, what do you, dribble the ball and then take it to the goals and edge out the person and take the shot and put it in the top left corner, top right corner. There's something magical about the way these, these guys do it. The same way with cinematography. When you realize how many tools you actually have, how many angles, shots, ways you can, you're like, isn't that many but here's my chance to be creative in this field and take it to a new level i absolutely love that and maybe you guys don't love cinematography but i would your your favorite movie your favorite movie okay i want you to think about what's your favorite movie right now uh maybe it's the godfather maybe it's um uh, the devil's advocate maybe it's uh, um what's this movie uh the greatest movie of time uh prison break uh 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 ah, what's it? not prison break it's uh the one where they break out of prison and they run away and stuff like that um shawshank redemption there we go give me a second i got this guys don't worry we got an hour today we got 45 minutes something like that uh we'll depend on how long the show goes Think of Shawshank Redemption, think of um, uh, The Godfather, think of The Devil's Advocate, whatever your favorite movie is. Maybe it's even Rocky. Think about, wait a second, go and watch it again and look at the cinema. And when I say cinematography, it's just the way shots are shot, transitioned, uh, flow together, uh, how they tell the story using the video. That's what I'm talking about. And maybe my definition of it's wrong, but I'm just encompassing all of this into cinematography. So don't hold me too tight on the exact word. Excuse me, actually, the, dic the dictionary definition of cinematography is that. I'm not getting there, guys. We're not diving that deep into it. Um, maybe one day we will, actually. Uh, that'd be quite cool. What I'm saying is, think about your favorite movie. I promise you the cinematography is going to be something that you will like. And if you find a cinematographer and directors that are able to, to continuously do that, those are the type of movies you will love and like. It's exactly like um, it's like music. If you like a person like M. Night Shyamalan, he makes these types of movies. Uh, Steven Spielberg makes these types of movies. Their flavors, their styles, it's rock music, rap music. If you like rock, maybe you like a little bit of rap, but maybe you don't like it at all. That's the difference, people. But it's a flavor. It's an art form. It's beautiful. Let me stand up on my chair again. <laughs> well, crouch on it. Um, so, I really, I don't know if you can tell. Maybe you can't tell. But I really did enjoy the movie. And for those of you, just real quick, just a quick announcement. Listening to this only on podcast, only on audio form. There is a video up on YouTube. It's the MDDM slash Michael David Daniel Manual Show. As we say in the intro, we're still working out the name. Sponsored by Nike, sponsored by Lipton Ice Not really, but we say it now. <laughs> uh, there is um, a video format of this on YouTube. It should be up under the same title as it is on your Spotify or Google Music or like Google Podcast or Apple Music. 
or whatever platform you're listening to this on. So you can see the expression on my face. See how much I really love this. See what's going through my mind or my heart and body at the same time. Um, there's a quote that Will Smith said. Um, there's a quote that Will Smith. No, no, okay. I don't remember how to say quote. But there's a thing that Will Smith said. Because he was going skydiving. And watch that video. I'm going to put the video link down below. That's a really, really good video. Will Smith is about to go skydiving. And as he's about to go skydiving, well, he's telling the, the host of the show. I'm not sure if it was Oprah or if it was, uh, what was it? One of, these, one of these people, one of these people. Oh, actually, you know what? Just before I tell the story, just before I tell the story, um, the way they wrote the script, the way they wrote the script for Marcus and Mike or Will Smith and Martin Lawrence perfectly played into their comedic abilities. I want you to notice that. It was done so well. So well. Where Will Smith is able to make you laugh by acting cool and nonchalant about the driving and stuff. We laugh at him being doing that. And then we laugh at Mike because he's scared of us. Uh, Mike, uh, uh, Marcus, because he's scared of it. Guys, guys, every scene in this movie that made you laugh hit you like Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson. It was a combination hit. It was the type of hit that when you go down, you don't even think about it. You can't comprehend it. See, what he does is this. One to the body, over to the head, knock down. I discombobulate you, and then I finish you off. Now, who was the finisher? Martin Lawrence. I would argue this point, and think I would win, that Martin Lawrence was by far in this movie the knockout punch every time. Every time. Even in the emotional scenes. The scene we, where Mike says, I'm begging you, man, one more time. Bad boys for life. And he says, no. Martin continuously in throughout the whole movie, throughout the whole movie, threw the last punch. Mike set him up like a killer and knocked him. That's not to say it didn't happen the other way, guys. It's not to say it didn't happen the other way. It happened a couple times, but I'm talking about the vast majority of the movie. Oh my gosh, Martin Lawrence did not just come with it. They came with it a lot. And I'm happy for him. I really am. Considering the fact that there was a lot of negotiation talks and a lot of things that went wrong on his part, I'm happy that he just wanted to make it. And then the writers didn't. The writers identified something from one and two. And played it big time into his favor. Well, not into his favor. Played it big time because they found out that's where the funniest jokes come from. Now, here's my favorite thing about Will Smith. Is that he, he recognized it, I think, very early on into production. Because that's something you definitely will recognize. Especially when you're making a comedy. And now every time... The crew's laughing, or you're watching some tape back, and uh, again, the editing crew's laughing, or whatever it is. You sit back and you go, 
wait a second, I'm sitting this guy up every punch. And I don't know for sure, but I can see Will Smith going, it can't work the other way. I'm okay with this. This makes the movie better. I still come over looking cool and the action hero. But I don't land the heavy punch. Martin comes off looking like the pacifist. <laughs> that kind of guy. But lands that big knockout laugh punch. And sorry. And that's that's big of him. Because the one thing you want to be doing in a comedic movie, I think any comedian will tell you this, is landing those knockout punches. But I gotta give props to Wolfman for that. And the writers, epic job. You'll set up every moment, every scene. As I said, I think previously, it's like they got a one-line comedian comedian in there, and he was just boom, boom, boom. They were just spitballing stuff out there. It was hilarious. Even the blooper reel at the end, where the guy turns to him, "Would you, would you uh, sleep with the witch without a condom?" It's like killer, killer, destroy this epic. Go watch it, guys. Good movie. If you're interested in the Bad Boys franchise, maybe you're not. I don't understand. Maybe you're not. I don't. Whatever. Let's go. You know, bro. Hey. I'm gonna ask my dad, my dad is waiting. Don't watch Bad Boys 1, 2, and 3. And don't even kiss my wife. I'm gonna call my grandfather. I got a little bit of, um, at this part, obviously. You want to be watching the YouTube video, otherwise it's going to seem a little bit weird while I'm talking about this. Let's start outside. I think me and Marlon Brando and Jim Carrey are the only ones that can get the draw out this much. <laughs> also, Jim Carrey will hit you with that. <laughs> That's why I say Jim Carrey, DM, and Marlon Brando. Only ones with defective jaws in the industry. Note it. Um, back to the story of Will Smith talking about uh, fear. And this is why I, lo I like, like Will Smith a lot. Uh, although I don't agree with a lot of the things he says, but it's like, uh, like in his personal life, in the videos he, he makes uh, sometimes. This was one thing that really uh, caught my attention. Will Smith said, uh, and he was talking to this host hostess, and he was telling her about skydiving. He's like, the night before, I'm in my bed. And you know Will Smith. Ooh, can't do Will Smith. But like, you know, that Will Smith accent. Just, just think of it. That classic big woolly boy. He's like, the night before, I'm in bed. And uh, I'm like up. And I'm worried. And I'm going to put the link below. Check it. So I'm going to give you the short version. And I'm up and I'm worried. And the fear is eventually we get to the plane. And then the plane takes off. And I'm still scared. And then it's getting close for us to jump. And then the door opens. And you hear the wind rushing by. And you understand that it's about to happen. And then you jump. Well, they push you out the plane. One, on three. One, two. Ah! You're falling out the plane because they know you're going to hold on three. Listen to him tell it. He tells it. I'm not going to try tell it like him because it would be too hard. I'm not Will Smith. Or am I? 
Man, wish Philadelphia, born and raised on the playgrounds, gonna spend most of my days a chilling now, matching up. <laughs> okay, yeah, we're gonna go through that. But you love the song, don't you? Everybody does. As Will jumps, as he jumps, or as they jump, it was a tandem jump. Will says this God put the greatest feelings and experiences on the other side of fear. I love that. I love that. Just think about that. On the other side of fear, he put the greatest feeling. Now, the fear could be, whoa, what if I ask this girl out and you're thinking about it for seven years, two months, eight weeks, 21 days. I don't care how long the period is. If you're thinking about asking out, but you're Fearful. I just would like to remind you that your parents, your grannies, your aunties, your uncles, everybody around you that you see in a relationship, everybody that you see around you, yes, there are a few that don't, but for the most part, it was on the other side of asking that question, which you are potentially fearful about, came this amazing relationship. Guys, girls, all of you, listen to me when I say this. I don't care if it's getting on stage or asking a girl out or getting on an F1 team or going to your first boxing match. Lose, win, doesn't matter. On the other side are the greatest feelings. Do you know what the feeling of relief is after you lose your first boxing bout? After you don't get the girl and you're like, Wow, I don't have to stress about that anymore. Yeah, it's heartbreak, it's a little bit bad, but you get over it. It's, it's called growing up. Just in case you didn't know already, man. It's called growing up. Now, I mentioned that because on the other side of acting, on the other side of comedy, is also the greatest feelings. Because... You have to have the fear of the joke falling flat. On the other side of directing is a great movie. And again, on the other side of the fear of making a bad movie lends you to helping you to make a good movie. So the directors in this, the cinematographers, the lighting crew, the writers, Everybody that made this, Martin Lawrence and Will Smith, put in amazing work into this to make this a, to make this an amazing show. Um, and just in case you don't understand how nerve-wracking it can be, watch Inside Hollywood, any episode any episode or Hollywood Roundtable, any episode, you'll soon realize that these guys are human beings like me and you who have just been trained a little bit better, a lot bit better, than us in acting. That's all it is, essentially, guys. They're just as scared. 
there's a documentary I want you guys to check out and watch. It's called Talking Funny, made by HBO. Chris Rock, uh, Ricky Gervais. Um, oh, he's a little bit controversial now, but I'm still gonna say his name. Louis C.K. And then it's um, he's a really good comedian. What's his name? Uh, very famous. Tells these type of jokes. Um. Made he made uh, Seinfeld. Um, made Seinfeld. Uh, his name is. I'm just gonna say it now. Now, right now, I'm about to just say his name because why do names evade me? I I don't even know. His name is. His name is. His name is Jerry Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, Ricky Gervais, and Louis C.K. Have this documentary style sit down, and they talk about going on stage. Talk about getting in front of the cameras. Talk about going up there. It's, it's not fun for them. Because remember, everything they're doing in that uh, performance, when they go up there live on stage or in front of the cameras, they're taking a risk that they won't perform or it won't be funny. Think about that. Just think about that. As an accountant, you go to your job and you know, I got to do this, this, and this. As a doctor, there's a little bit more leeway because things are biological and not exactly straightforward, but you at least know what to do. As a builder, you know, got to build a house. As a comedian, you're trying out this subjective, very subjective art of, it must be. As a performer, director, it must be funny. It must look good. What is looking good? I just critiqued a movie that I absolutely love. <laughs> what, do you, what, what world do we live in? It's crazy. It's chaos. But we have the ability to, to learn from this. And I think one of the greatest things that we can learn from this... Sorry, I was just... Uh, um, putting back the PC on. But I think one of the things we can learn from this is the story going back to Walt Smith is on the other side of fear, on the other side of our comfort zone, we will have the ability to experience the most growth, the ability to experience the most feelings, whether they're good or bad, the ability to get more. And that's such a magical um place to be in discomfort pushing yourself to a limit or maybe not the limit i don't want to i don't want you to go to war and start killing people and push yourself to the psychological limit before you lose your brain i don't want you to do that but i want you to push yourself into uncomfortable zones into uncomfortable places where you don't want to be necessarily i want you to while I adjust my footing and seating, I want you to say to yourself, hey, I'm going to push myself now. I'm going to put myself into a marathon. I'm going to sign up for something. I'm going to push myself into a karate class. I'm going to push myself in. I don't care what it is, guys. Some discomfort is good for your life. You got to start trying things. You got to start doing things because at the other side of discomfort, yeah, 
we're just gonna keep repeating it okay cool so how do we address being this uh and getting into this discomfort getting into these zones find out what you want to do find out what's your passion what's your interest i like chess watch videos play online try achieve a certain elo elo is the ranking it's the, it's the point system that you that you go up if you 800 you'll add like actually really low thousand you're getting better one two one seven one eight two thousand three thousand aim for high elos study you know what i mean fail lose your ranking like i have gone from uh 2000 all the way to 1700 again and be like ah Put yourself out there. Go ask the girl out. Go join a boxing gym. And have, set up a sparring match for six weeks from now. Put yourself out there. That's how greatness and, well, worldly greatness. is a different type of spiritual greatness. But worldly greatness is achieved. And it's not that I want you to achieve worldly greatness. Not at all. I want you... To just push yourself into a realm where you're able to say, you know what, this has become a fun game and I understand why Brad Pitt, Nicole Kidman, Michael Schumacher, Michael Jordan, Michael Jackson, Kobe Bryant. Rest in peace, brother man. Love you, Kobe. Um, maybe you guys don't know if this is episode 1.5, but I grew up watching Kobe Bryant uh, in Ireland cold winter nights go downstairs put on the tv two o'clock in the morning watch playoffs watch kobe bryant uh bring home i watched i watched uh i watched him bring his championships won mvp in 2008 i watched him give me a passion and interest for basketball like no other player could i watched him put up 81 points live i watched him put up 81 do you know what 81 points is in a game that's an absolute thrashing daniel a thrashing a demonstrable and apart from the other nine or so i'm not sure how many people are, are, are have said that uh have passed away obviously i pray for their souls and uh my heart goes out to their families deeply and immensely but um to also know because i'm only saying this because i only know the two people that went down um to know that his 13 year old daughter has suffered the same fate um i do hear that the accident happened quite fast um which is good which is also bad did he have time to i don't know repent uh make good with his creator um sort those things out i'm not sure does it seem more like it was a painless dead? Yeah, I think so. But um, I love you, Kobe, and I wish you, I wish you and your family um, all the best. My heart's with you, my prayers are with you, and I don't know. I see the problem is I, I don't I don't know I don't know much about him in his personal life. I think he was a very um, worldly guy, unfortunately. But uh, I'd like to think he's going. Uh, I'd I'd like to think that he that he had a relationship with God, but I'm not sure. And if some of you aren't religious, 
Maybe he's going to the universe. But that's not what we believe on this channel. Uh, you can believe it all you want. But uh, we believe in God. Jesus. That guy. Up there. Okay? So, prayers with your family, brother man. Um, slightly got off point over there, but I think, it was, I think it's appropriate. Kobe Bryant. And I think I'm, I'll, I'll put the next episode dedicated to Kobe Bryant because... Or maybe, I don't know, I don't know, it's, it's such a tough thing, um, I can talk basketball all day though, so maybe it's a good idea, we'll see, we'll see on episode 2, My <laughs> um, yeah, but wishes to you and your family, brother man, um, another thing I wanted to talk, uh, another thing I wanted to get into in the discomfort was, by pushing yourself, like these great people as I was mentioning, the Kobe Bryant, the Michael Jordans, the Brad Pitt, all these guys, you get to experience a different part of life that I think only a certain amount of people get to experience at a high fame level. But even at a high fame level, I think the same amount of people get to experience it on just a normal level. What if you asked out every girl that you ever liked? A little bit creepy, don't do that. But what I, what I mean is what if? What if you took every risk you could in life? And don't do it, but like, what if? What if you lived? What if you lived like there was no fear? What if you lived like there was fear, but on the other side of it, you knew there was growth, development, uh, better understandings, emotion. Like, what if you understood that on the other side of it? I can learn. I'm going to fail, but I'll learn. I think that's such a great thing to aspire to, guys. I think that's where we really, really need to go into. I'll give you an example. One of the things that I'm doing right now, pushing my comfort zones, is water. That's all I drink. That's all I have the whole day. 23 hours, water. My body's in discomfort. I have one hour I eat. I'm doing a 23 hour fast, one hour eating. And that's not even the whole hour eating, it's like like 15 minutes. But I am a notoriously slow eater, so it's not like I'm eating for 15 minutes. I just eat that one meal for 15 minutes. I try to make it as nutrient and um, uh, uh, whole and rich and just taste amazing as possible. But it's just the one meal. Now, I'm pushing my body into a discomfort, but I'm actually not. You see, at the start, it was a discomfort because there was fear. Like, oh my gosh, I know that when I go to the gym, I feel hypoglycemic and I need to actually pack a lunch for the gym and I'm going to the gym and I'm doing two reps of this and I'm eating. What are you doing, man? So, I'm fearful that... Oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to train. I'm not going to be able to work out. I'm not going to be able to do what I've been doing. I'm not going to be able to maintain. But I pushed myself, even though there was fear there. And after, and I've been doing this, what, for like a year now? For like a, a little bit on and off, and one or two days, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it kind of a thing. Uh, where it's like you go to the family member you haven't seen for seven months and you're having lunch there and they're like, I have lunch. And he's like, no, but actually I'm... And it's like, 
that's not worth it. Um, that's that's not worth it. I, I'm I'm a vegan, so I wouldn't. Just in case you guys did it now, uh, I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to compromise and like say, okay, now we have the meat now at that family. But I'll say, you know what? Okay, I haven't seen him in a long time. Sharing a meal with the person is awesome. One day of just sliding back. One day of just changing it up. It's not too bad. But anyway, for about a year I've been doing this now, and what what, what I'm getting at is this: is the discomfort or the realization of what this becomes for me, even though I thought it would be uncomfortable, has become comfortable now. I literally drink my water and work. My mind is clear. My body is pumping through testosterone and growth hormones and all the other hormones that keep me functioning well. My stomach is getting a rest. That whole bowel system is getting a rest which helps in aiding in repair, respiratory, we can go on the whole day about it, guys. The point I'm trying to make about this is not a lecture in what I'm doing. It's that I thought it was going to be uncomfortable. It's not uncomfortable or not as uncomfortable as I thought. In fact, it's giving me benefits. Now, what if it didn't give me any benefits? Well, you don't know. Yeah, you heard me. You don't know. If I, after going over the fear, after the fear, if it was a rubbish way to do things, if it was bad for me, if it made me weak, if I couldn't do things, I would know that's not where I need to be in life. If I asked out the girl and she said yes, but she was a bad person, I know not to be there. If I asked her out and she said no and she was a bad person, I know not to be there yet again. But some things lead, some things with, with the, a different answer lead to the same door. Some things with a different answer lead to completely different doors. That's what I'm trying to say is find out the door. Be uncomfortable. Go through the door. See where it leads you. Have fun with it though. Don't make it such a such um, a, a hard or negative thing. Pick, decide, just do things. And maybe it's just small things. Start off small. I always stress, don't go big when you can go small. Alright? Just just try to just try to just try to hey, I'm gonna decide tomorrow I'm gonna I'm going to write that screenplay. I'm going to write that poem. Whatever it is, guys. It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be grand. It can be small, minor. But what it does is it gets your brain ready for making big. Ooh, excuse me. Ooh, that feels, that feels delicious. A little ear tickle. Well, you know, when your ear gets a little bit, uh, I think, itchy. Do ears get itchy? But yeah, when your ear gets irritated or itchy, uh, just rubbing it like that and thought, oh, such a great feeling. A lot of great feelings in life. See, I was fearful about rubbing my ear, but I did. So on the other side of fear came indoors. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. But guys and gals and LGBTQI8352 ones, start small, grow big. It's going to be epic. All right?
Um, I'm not sure what else I wanted to talk about today. But I think it's been a good podcast. I think we've got, uh, what, 12 and 20, 22 minutes, about 15. Oh, let's see if we can do maths now. 37, about 37 minutes in. Wow. And if you're looking at the time code right now, and it's not 37 minutes, then I want you guys to forgive me. Because sometimes I get it wrong, I get it wrong. And if you're wondering why you can't sing, that's just that's just natural. I can't sing, okay? Um you know, there's a lot of things in my mind we, we can we can speak about. Um I love I love that uh in that same HBO special that uh HBO not special, that HBO documentary, the talk, the talking funny one that I'm gonna put in the link in the description below. And here's another thing. If you guys want to show me a video, put it in the comments, please. I really would like that. I would really like to see documentaries, things that you guys find interesting. Tell me what it's about a little bit, though. Little comment, link. Bam. Boom. Awesome. Don't just say, check it out, link. I'm like, what's it about? Who is it? You know That way, I think we, uh, we can all learn a lot, I think. It'll be really, really cool. I think a lot. In case you haven't noticed. <laughs> One thing Ricky Gervais said was that he can't go on stage unless he knows that the people can't get what they could ordinarily get at another place. This is what I'm talking about in this fear thing. It's, there's so many different waves of it. It's like his fear is not about being so much so as being funny. It's about being a different type of level of funny because he knows there's other comedians out there that are able to do as good a job but his fear is that he doesn't want to just be an, an average comedian how's that for fear guys gals peoples we have a chance to start training ourselves to adopt these sort of um, these sort of challenges that some of these greats challenge themselves with as well, I think that would be really awesome for us. So I do. You don't have to do it in big strips. Let's just do it in small steps. Um, in case you guys uh, missed the first podcast, and because maybe you're watching on YouTube, go to Spotify. Go to Google Podcasts, go to Apple Music, go to Anchor, go to any podcast or music-related uh, store or application that you use and listen to the first one, where I talk about UFC 246. Now, I know I'm a little bit late because this took a little while, uh, excuse me over there, this took a little while to make. But Conor McGregor did, in fact, knock out Cowboy Cerrone. Not in round two, like I said, but did knock him out in 40 seconds flat. Check out that, um, that analysis that I go through over there. It's an awesome analysis. Um, just a quick analysis of John Jones versus Reyes coming up at UFC 247, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe 248. I think John Jones creams him. And I'll do another full podcast or small segments of a show on that when we get to that um, 
when we get to when we get closer to that show. I think John Jones cleans him. And then another awesome upcoming event is Tyson Fury. Not Mike Tyson, but Tyson Fury, the incarnate spirit animal of Mike Tyson, born into a six foot nine giant, unlike what I was. Come again. Come, come, get ready to get destroyed. Everybody's gonna die. It's just gonna be a magical night. We're gonna knock Deontay Wilder out. He's saying that he wants to knock Mike, sorry, not Mike Tyson. Tyson Fury is saying that he wants to knock out Deontay Wilder. I think it can be done. And guys, one for one, I'm 100% on the money. <laughs> I honestly think it can be done. I think he can knock Wilder out. I don't think Wilder has the skill to knock him out while he's coming forward. Wilder can't fight on the back foot. Tyson can. Tyson can also move in really well. Right. Not going to go into that too much. But, but, full episodes on that coming very, very soon. Stay tuned. Um, I just want to kind of also give you guys a little bit of uh, background. I think you guys will enjoy the background because this is the MDDM show slash Michael David Daniel Manuel show. A little bit of background in the sense that um, it's been a little bit hard to make this podcast. Uh, a lot of challenges. Uh, Equipment-wise, uh, space-wise, lighting-wise. Like I, I don't know if you can see behind me this background, the noise that's coming. And I, I, and I think I know a decent a bit about lighting. I think I do. And maybe if you're like a far better... Like expert. Now also remember this. I'm limited. I'm limited to the equipment that I have. Okay. So what I'll do is this. I'm going to set up a Patreon. Am I? I don't know yet. But if the Patreon link is down below. Check it out guys. Okay. Check it out. Okay. So that you can help bring the production up a little bit. Homie's trying. He's trying. Okay. But this lighting just couldn't get it right. I tried at different angles, different places, different times of the day. Like literally a week later, week and a half later, this is episode 1.5. But I knew I had to try to do it as best as I could for you guys. Maybe it's even the material. I don't know at this point. And I think I have a decent understanding of lighting. I think so. Maybe not. Well, evidently not. <laughs> um... Yeah, so I'm just I'm telling you about the struggles that I'm going through. So equipment-wise, um, editing-wise, uh, actually, my computer ran a decent time on the rendering. I was shocked. I got a nice computer because I, I do graphics design and all that kind of stuff and um, mechanical-aided drawings. But I was surprised. Like I didn't expect it to do that good of a job that fast. So, quite impressed. I think it was like three hours. And actually, that was on a video that was meant to be this video here. But um, I'm doing this live. I'm doing this one take. There's no fixing up or editing or anything like that. The previous video, after, I've, after I came off the completely live podcast, I tried to do it 
by having my talking points all written out and having all my different jokes ready and all that kind of stuff. And I said, you know what? After I finished film it, I felt dirty. I felt... <laughs> I felt like I was cheating you guys. I felt like I didn't have the right expression. And if I was talking like this, and maybe I wasn't as cheerful or happy or, or whatever the expression is, I felt like, oh, liven it up, man. Get the get the juice flowing. Get funny. Ha ha ha. And that was not about the particular type of um uh the particular how do you say uh, that was not a particular type of uh atmosphere I wanted to have in my video. Something that was staged. Now don't get me wrong, I like acting. I will act. I will I, I'm the man. No, not him, Johnny. Don't kill him. For I am the one you're looking. I'll act. I'll do stupid things, okay? But I felt like I was doing too much. I felt like it wasn't being a podcast. It wasn't being true to a podcast anymore. And maybe that's my own feelings. And maybe I'll change those feelings later on. I don't know. But I'm just relaying to you guys what's been happening in the podcast so far. How are we going? What's it looking like? I kind of got a little bit of a solution now. So hopefully we'll have more up quicker, faster, and better. Uh, as I said below, there might be a, a Patreon link. I, I, I'm still debating on whether I want to do it. But it's like a really cool way that if you do like the show, you can help me out by sponsoring me some cash for benefits. But I don't know what benefits it was. I'll tell you what the benefit is. I'll actually, I'll tell you right now what the benefit is. We can have a chat. That's it. That's all I can offer you. I can't offer you anything more. Like, I'm not, I, I don't, I don't have some product to sell. Literally, all the money will literally, and I've said literally many times, will literally just go for equipment. Because that's all I really need. And after that, I'll cancel the Patreon. I, I don't care about it that much. I'm not looking to uh, make a studio out of this, but um well actually sorry i am looking to make a studio out of this but not to make a billion dollars out of this well make a billion dollars from the videos after i get the studio equipment to make the nice shows this stuff is really hard to explain <laughs> what patreon allows you guys to do i'm talking too much about patreon for a person that's not even gonna be putting a patreon in the video thinking about it uh but it would be cool if you guys uh you know what? Don't even Patreon. Don't. Don't even Patreon, okay? Comment, like, subscribe, share. That's what you can do. That'll be really cool for this podcast. Then we can talk about um, aliens and No McDonald and uh, fishing. I hate fishing. But let's talk about it. Let's talk about fishing. I want to... Oh, there's so much I want to... I wanna, there's so much I want to do on this on this show. There's so much that I want to get going, but there's so much that I can't get going. But I, th I think we're gonna have a fun, fun time doing this. Um, and to all of you that have sent me feedback, uh, notes, um, uh, criticism, thank you. I appreciate it immensely. I'm trying my best. I'm going to continue to improve. Even if this one didn't fully um, 
take into light what y'all have previously highlighted. I'm sorry if I made the same mistakes again, but I'm going to keep on trying. I'm going to get better. That's what we do over here. We get better and better. Brofist. That's a PewDiePie thing. He's actually on a break. So, would you guys... Mmm, here we go. How about this? PewDiePie is known for making a show called Lawai. I'm not sure if I should play the, 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 the song over this. No, no editing. No editing. If I had a mixer board, I would. I would, but I don't, so I can't. So, that's life, you see? No. <laughs> um, so... He makes a show called Hawaii where he reviews memes if they're funny or not and just gives them a rating or whatnot. Would you guys like me to do that? Maybe it's our own memes or something like that. I think it'd be a really cool idea. But if not, that's fine too. Let's just continue on, on this medium and this platform and continue. Oh, don't poke me this thing. Ah, just take the, the poke to me. Um, the other day I was chatting with my brother and this is how fast I change topics. Because this is how fast I change topics when I'm really talking with someone in real life. So just deal with it, son. What you want? You want to fight? I'll dust you right now, boy. Oh! No, come on. Oh, so, so that's what you want to do to my man? You want to fight him? That's how you die, boy. You'll die like that. You get destroyed. Um, also, if you guys have an accent you would like me to do, uh, put it in the comment below. I'll try out that accent. Uh, I, can do, I can do a couple. You haven't heard them all. You can handle the truth. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Um, I was chatting with my brother the other day, and we were talking about uh, some guys we'd like to see in movies. So I lived in a town called Portleash, Portleisha, in Ireland, and perhaps I'm not doing the Portleash accent just the way you like it. Now then, lad, I'm doing more like a typical Irish accent, but um. I lived in a town called Polish in the country island, and there was a kid from there named Robert Sheen, who acted in a TV show called Misfits. Guys, epic show, by the way. Uh, season four, season five, not as good, but good show. Very good show. Definitely my stamp of approval. And then we were talking about Shia LaBeouf. And I think as we were driving, spur of the moment, we both said, you know what would be cool? Shia LaBeouf and Robert Sheen in the same movie at the same time. And oh, it was like Jigs, you know what I mean? Owe me a Coke, whatever. But I love that dynamic as well. I love, I would love to see them in a movie. And, and uh, funny enough, my brother said, um, uh, Shia LaBeouf has to direct the movie. Otherwise, otherwise, uh, it, it won't be... It won't be the type of movie we want from them. And I totally agree with him. I'd, I'd love to see that. I would love to see that. Um, we've talked today. I think the main theme was discomfort, getting out of the comfort zone. As Will Smith said, and as Martin Lawrence, they both, as they both demonstrate that, getting out of your comfort zone, putting yourself out there, putting risk on there, when you... Get to that moment of fear, that pass, that doorway of fear. And as you pass through, sometimes you end up making something great. Sometimes not so much. But either way, either a door, either outcome, we learn something, we do something, 
we get to um, find out more about ourselves and other people. So I encourage you guys to do that. As we come to a close of the podcast, I know, guys, it's sad. I know it's sad coming to a close of the podcast, but I can't actually talk forever. I've got to leave enough content up here so that, you know what I mean, I can around the shows. Um, guys, the best thing you can do for this is like, share it. Sharing is actually the only thing that really actually matters. I'm not going to get promoted by the YouTube algorithm. I don't have enough videos. I don't have enough followers, subscribers. I can't even go live. I can't even do my podcast live on YouTube without using third-party apps. And I don't want to do that. I'm, I'm tired. I can't even go live on YouTube without a thousand subscribers. So word of mouth is our only avenue. So check this out. If you liked what you heard, yeah. I'm pretty sure you know one other person that would also like it. Share with them. Just that one person. And then maybe they like it, they subscribe, they share it again. I don't know. Okay? And maybe you'll just keep sharing it to each other over and over again. And then just keep liking it. Shit, I don't know that now. <laughs> um, epic being with you guys here today and talking and experiencing a couple of things. I think we went a little bit on an emotional roller coaster, not 100% coherent, but good enough for us to understand each other. Um, would love to see you guys next week or the week after and the week after for more exciting topics like did JFK kill himself or did he just shoot himself with the same gun or was it Mike Tyson that <laughs> oh man do uh, you know how many times I use that as my intro just to test the video I would just constantly go over and over again did JFK kill himself? Tonight on the news, we find out that he actually shot himself with a handgun. And we constantly go over that. Sip of water. Because hydration is good for you. Hydration, sponsored by water. Water, sponsored by rain. Ah. I think we're done now. I really do think we're done. Guys, have yourself an epic week going forward. Stay safe. Much love. Michael love you. Goodbye. Peace. And guys, please remember to follow us on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, and any of the major podcast platforms. We are there. Live. Facebook. Twitter. There to answer your questions. Get in touch with us. Be our friend. Come on. We love you. Just as much as you love us. Share us. Like us. Comment below. Michael David Daniel Manuel Show. Also known as the MDDM Show. Copyrighted, trademark reserved. Not really. What do we say it anyway? Did him dum dum. Welcome to the Michael David Daniel Manuel Show. Also known as the MDDM Show. Today we're going to have the soul machine of funny. Hey, big boy, you're going to do with me. So, on the show today, we're going to be talking about us. Another thing. Nothing. You listen to me, you're not talking. I am the one to do the talking, you do the listening. So today I'm going to be the do the talking and you're gonna do the rafting and then you're gonna do the shut up. Okay.